This is Supervision. I'm Marcus Kier. My guest today is Austin Okolo. Austin is the owner of the brand BTSO, which stands for? Born to Stand Out. Okay. And something that you've been mentioning to me a couple of times is the brand promise. I thought we would yeah. start there. I don't know what a brand promise is. Can you talk me through that? Yeah. What is one and what is yours and what does it mean? Well, a brand by definition is an emotional connection with um, your customer, your audience. That's right. And then so that connection that I want to give to them is a collection of standing out, being you, being yourself. So my brand promise is that in all my clothing, you're one stand out and two, you'll be empowered. So yes, yeah, that's the brand promise. When you experience my brand, that's what that's what you get back. How do you feel like you can empower someone through through clothing and through like the way um, they dress? Well, I feel like nowadays when you, when you look at clothing, there's not many like there's not many positive connotations with clothing nowadays. Like although it may look nice, but there's not many clothing out there with a deeper meaning behind it. So I thought I wouldn't offer that. And obviously, by the name itself, it's empowering. Like born to stand out. Born when to you stand hear out. that, like when you hear that. Is quite a few positive connotations with that, and plus through the designs and the colours and how the designs actually stand out and make you stand out in public, then it makes you feel like empowered. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. standing out, kind of thing. Where Where did you get the idea for for Born to Stand Out? <clears throat> how did you come to a conclusion that that's what you wanted to name it? And also, you you study what do you study? Um, genetics. No genetics. Correlation. No no correlation. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, yeah. we can come on to that in a bit. Yeah. But where where did the idea come from for, well, for BTS? Um, well, I feel like one thing that people need to realise is that there's often links between what you do in childhood and what you later do in life and what you enjoy. And I've always enjoyed selling. Like when I was like almost like year seven, I saw my first ever item, football boots, my friend, ten pounds, ten pounds yeah. a year. But yeah, like I've always been interested in selling. I said love selling. And then over the years, I sold like my cl- my old clothing or or whatnot. How like, did it progress? What did you so you, you first sold football yeah, boots? Yeah, my first ever item I sold year seven to my friend Tom. Yeah, um, football boots. And then pounds. it moved on ten pounds. Yeah, yeah. Then I literally go for my house, I look at what I could sell. Yeah. Um, my parents used to go to America, and they used to come back with loads of designer garments. And obviously, because they're shopping for you, like it's not it's not always the nicest kind of thing. You know it's what not saying? exactly what you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I used to sell like a few of my 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 clothes that I got as a gift from my parents to people. Then when I ran out of clothes, what I started doing is selling other people's clothes. So I sell their clothes and take like ten pound commission on top kind yeah. of thing. So yeah, I did that for for a little bit. And then when I got to the sixth form, I carried on my like, you know, my love for selling. I started selling things on eBay. I discovered eBay, and by did like a wholesale, bought like loads of water bottles on like some wholesale, and I sold it all on eBay. I used to come to school with like this massive box, <laughs> like literally come on this big box. And at lunchtime after school, I used to go post it. Yeah. Teachers look at me like, what on earth is that? Yeah. Like just, just business. Just hustling. Yeah. <laughs> just hustling. Yeah. And then um, I've always wanted to start a clothing brand, but I always thought that oh, there's so many brands out there. Like, what can I do? Like, why did no one buy for me? Then I remember I had a conversation with my cousin and he said to me that it's not about how many people are doing it, it's about how you stand out in a crowded market. And I remember my cousin, that like, he wants to be an artist. And he said that, well, there's so many artists, but every year it's a new artist coming through. Like you've seen that dig that or whatever, like every year there's a new breakthrough artist. I've always I've always made this comment to, to, to people who are aspirational and that they want to do something which is kind of in a crowded yeah. niche market, mm. that it doesn't matter how many people are doing it, it matters... Who, because it, you're not going to add yourself. You you don't start it because you want to be a number in yeah, in exactly. a field of numbers. You start it because you want to do what you're doing. Definitely. And you're an individual. So as long as you're different, you don't have exactly. to be better or worse. Definitely. As long as you're different, then you're able to stand out and 100%. kind of excel. I was even watching an interview the other day. Um, there's this billionaire speaking and saying that if you're going to do something, you might as well do it well. So like, make sure you give it your all, do it, you do it well, and hopefully that'll help you stand out. But yeah, so I wanted to start clothing brand, I always wanted to, but after my cousin said that to me, I thought, you know what, now's the time. So I wanted to start with a positive message behind it, like I really, really wanted to start with a positive meaning because there's not really many brands out there that have that. 
So I really, really wanted that. And then I was thinking, I thought I'd born to win. Like literally, I'm the, the whole day in school, I was thinking, like, think of all these messages. I told my cousin, oh, my dad's got the hardest name, born to win. I was like, bro, like, keep, 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 keep thinking. <laughs> Try again. Yeah, the numbers literally hit me, like, born to stand out. And I feel like that's something I really relate to because I've always felt like I've stood out um, in various ways throughout my childhood. Always in a positive way or sometimes um, otherwise? Well, there's a few things about myself that was different, which I didn't really like. Like, I used to speak different to, speak differently to other people. I used to speak a lot faster than other people as well. So my voice is something that was always different to other people, which I didn't really embrace until recently. So, like, I was... And plus, like, even the way I... I feel like the person I am, the way I act, I always, like, kind of stand out in a given given environment. Like, in schools, I like, usually the class clown. Yeah. Um, to my prom, I wore an all-white suit. Yeah, like, I was... Yeah, I saw that I was the photographer Yeah, that was in year 11, year 11. Yeah. No, my 11 from a white suit. Oh, right, in year, year 13. Then year 13, I came in like, like all Nigerian attire. Nigeria. So like, both your parents are Nigerian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So like, I've always just been standing out since like I was a kid. Like, I always remember like either the class clown or dressing up in a standout-ish way. So I feel like it related, me, related with me very well. How did you overcome kind of the 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 negative ones that that you were standing out in or the ones that people perceived as negative. Yeah, yeah, how yeah. did you how did you do it? Oh, I don't even know. I feel like just over time like remember I never used to post my voice, my story, like I used to post stories here, yeah, but never ever like speak on them ever. But then over time I feel like the more I did it, the more I spoke in, in audiences. I don't know, it was weird because I used to always speak in audiences, but I never actually heard, I never liked to hear my own voice. Yeah. I'd always speak out. But then the more and more I just did stuff, like more and more I posted my voice, whatever it got it got better and better and better and now I've got like a complete switch of mentality in terms of like I don't really care about opinions anymore like I feel like life is a lot better when you're not concerned what other people think about you because you can focus on what you want to do and what you enjoy and now the, because of that mentality shift now I don't honestly couldn't care less now like two, two things on that point so the first one is um, is it not difficult to maintain that mentality which is I don't care what other people think when your brand is you, essentially you want to sell to people so you yeah, need people yeah, to like yeah. what you're selling yeah so you have to s somewhat care yeah and then the second thing that i was going to say was um actually no we'll, we'll, we'll stay with that and um, when i say i don't care i don't mean like obviously you've got your audience i have to listen to my classes or whatnot but when you've got like these negative opinions of like you shouldn't be doing this or there's a certain way of doing stuff or you have to do it this way if it's not my customers that give me like feedback then if it's just like really if you look at it more 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 time like the people that give you all these opinions or whatever are people that what they even follow me follow my page like people that give me the most opinions or the most slack or whatever they even follow my page or i've never yeah. even bought products or I've never even speak to about bts so so why am i really going to be interested in what they if they feel like i'm just doing something a certain way but the people i'm interested in the people that obviously i know generally have got love for me you want to see me do well hence my customers maybe people that bought clothing or people that speak to me on a regular basis then definitely like take their opinions on board 100 percent. do you do you actively go out and seek a because something something that i've been learning to do recently is actively seek people to criticize me and get someone yeah, to tell 100%. me what am i doing wrong because you can always wait for it to come to you yeah. but then you don't really know what's genuine what's coming from a spiteful yeah, place but definitely. if you go and you you like look for this challenge network kind of thing like people around you who are always going to challenge you Definitely. to level up <clears throat> do you do you have a system that, like yeah that's left i remember when i first started when i first had an idea i made a few like prototypes online and i literally told my friends like give me your honest opinion like what do you think and even when i did release clothing yet i told my friends do not buy this because you're my friend buy it because you like it i used to tell my i used to emphasize that so much do not buy it because you're my friend because when my friendship circle kind of breaks i go into the real world now and i got no one else buying it it says you know it kind of like so it was a face full, face full stream so like definitely that's one thing i got like a good group of, of friends that generally want the best for me and they would tell me if um it's not the you know what i'm saying if, if it's not looking too nice or whatever but, um, let's yeah. let's talk about friendships for a minute. Um, how, how can you tell if someone's really got your best interests at heart? Because 
if you if you're putting yourself out there and yeah. you're doing something that a lot of people yeah. aren't doing, how can you tell when somebody's really supporting you or not supporting? Well, I feel like my one of the biggest lessons I learned on friendship was like this one thing that I taught myself was that life is stressful as it is. Like you got your A levels, you might have your degree, you might have business, like I do, you might play football, whatever. Your friends are there to make your life easier. Mm. If you got a friend that's not making life easier, or a girlfriend relationship, whatever, is not making your life easier, they're not your friends. So like that's the way I view my friendships. Like if I've got a friend, my life is stressful as it is, and my friends, my friends are literally there to make my life easier. <clears throat> so I feel like the people around me, they generally do that. Like even in the criticizing me, they make my life easier, make my life better, and not in the long term. Life. Yeah, exactly. So that's the way I see it. Mm. So Nigerian origin. Yeah. And you recently took a trip to Africa, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, it was amazing, yeah. Yeah, I love it there. What did you get up to? You love it there? Yeah. Yeah, one of your favourite places on earth and you've been um, everywhere, just, right? Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. I thought I was about that the other day. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you like about it there? What's different to um, the culture there as opposed to here? It's actually my second time going and my first time going was like, I was year eight and I was just so eye-opening for me because you always hear about kind of like this poverty kind of thing on the news or on the whatever, but when you actually see it in person, like you've got like an, an auntie and a niece and like two years apart, you've got like kids with their belly buttons that are like proper like out kind of thing. And I remember the first thing that actually touched you was um my cousin's got a charity called Shirts Off My Back and he, Shirts Off My Back. Shirts Off My Back. And he got his whole school to donate shirts here because they knew he was going to Nigeria. So he got like a massive box of shirts here. And don't forget, I'm year eight this time, so I'm all I kept designer, I'm getting designer clothes for my for my mum from America, thinking, yeah, designer's away kind of thing. Yeah. Then I go to Nigeria now to give out the shirts that he, he got donated from the school. And then I remember we went there now. There was the longest queue of kids I've ever seen. And then they had this big box of clothing and he literally started giving them out and the kids were so happy. And then when I see the clothing was like worn clothing, old clothing, just like normal plain t-shirts. And the kids were so happy with their t-shirts. It was amazing. And that stuck to me, like that really, that image of that kid smiling because he got this random used t-shirt that didn't even fit him. was just like, just made me like, just made me realize like, wow, like what really matters in life. Then my second trip was like, kind of me going from a more mature, mature point of view. And um, what was different then? Or I, I kind of like just viewed things differently. Like obviously, I understood about, I understood how to understand God's roads and stuff and how the roads work. So just looking at like the mayhem on the roads, stuff like yeah. that. But don't get don't get me wrong. There's some beautiful parts of Africa as well. There are. Yeah, but I feel like one thing that I keep, I get into much more point of view now, and I feel like because of social media and Twitter stuff like that, there's so much emphasis on the wrong things. Like I remember like those things about airports, or whatever. Like oh, if you don't go to airport, then you're. Although it was bad, but people kind of take that in a certain way. And I remember seeing people in Africa, because now I went to um, like the more wealthier part of Africa. I, I did a bit of both. And when I went to the wealthier part of Africa, I seen people with money, they got like an iPhone 4. Mm. And they were just so happy, like they got all this money, but they got iPhone 4. And it's like, it just goes to show that you don't need to have the latest phone yeah. or the latest gadgets, because there's people with actual real money out here, and they're so content with an iPhone 4 or iPhone 5. And it just shows that the difference in lifestyle with the West and the, and the, and the East. Yeah, because it's like, they care, they're, they're focused on what really matters in terms of like building generational wealth kind of thing and we're focused on having the latest phones, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think Warren Buffett is the one who has a quote about uh, successful people or rich people, rich people plan for the weekend, wealthy people plan yeah, for three years ahead or something like that, generational wealth, yeah, that is very interesting. Is that something that you're focused on then? Have you, oh, it's got have, focus. You, have, you have you adapted your mindset since travelling outside of the UK to Africa in particular and anywhere else that you've yeah, been? Yeah, definitely, because obviously I experienced a similar thing this year because I, I this, so I was giving out my friend's shirt, my cousin's t-shirts, I bought I bought my own big box of BDSO t-shirts yeah. and I got a similar response when I gave it out, like seeing the people how happy they were to, to and even just for me to be able to give out something I worked on to these, um, the less Vision in Africa. 
So you definitely open my eyes as well. Like so, like that's definitely a good experience. And it also makes you feel a a, a certain type of way when when you're giving as opposed to yeah, just 100%, taking. Because you know, spending money all the time is nice, and you get nice that's, things. That's what it's all about. Like, that's why I get the joy from like all the most of my goals in life. Don't get me wrong, I do want a nice car and stuff like that. Yeah, but my goals in life are really like what I want to do for my family. One of my goals that like, after visiting Nigeria that like, I want to do is I'm build a school in Ila because a lot of people like they don't have money and then you have to, they have to pay for school there as well. And it's like damn, like so didn't you? You got either got your school yet, or you work on a farm with your grandparents or your yeah. um, your parents in it. And I don't think that's right for like everyone should be entitled to some sort of basic education. So I definitely want to work hard to build a school in my mum and dad's village that they grew up in. And how um, how did your mum and dad manage to to make it from? from oh, if I tell you the story, bro, like let's hear it. <laughs> literally, like my cousins are probably my my uncles, my dads are probably like my biggest role model, like idols, like that. I told I told my uncles all the time like your life should be in a movie like, I'm not even joking yeah. like what they've been through alright let's put it in the movie right now really let's hear it I don't know like a few legal things I can't really see, I'm talking about too, too much in it but um, yeah but my dad like obviously like they all grew up in poverty my dad's got like six brothers like yeah. for, like four sisters and they all live in like, one small like room together like to, he used to tell me how they used to share a cup of, cup of um, alcohol I'm mean, a cup of not alcohol um, hot chocolate yeah, not alcohol, <laughs> not alcohol. <laughs> are you alcohol? sure yeah our hot chocolate and they literally just um, came from that they just worked hard and they made it to England. My dad made it to England, and um, was that a long journey? Was it a long road from? Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. I don't know the ins and outs of how he even got here, but I do know when he did get here, he was pretty much homeless. Like he had to live. Um, he luckily had a friend at the time, but if he wasn't the first friend, he would be sleeping in the streets. Mm. And then he literally used to work like shop, shop. I'm um, doing shelves in Sainsbury's and during the day, and even he was doing a cab. Like literally, like. 24-7 grand 24-7 grand and he done a thing here which, which I heard a guy V spoke the other day that a lot of immigrants do that if you literally work and don't spend any money for about 7 years or a few years then you can afford to buy a business so mm. he literally um, just worked day and night day and night every day saved up and bought um, a hair shop and you might have seen it around he's got a little shop called Active of course it's down the road yeah but um, he before that though he had another hair salon in, in Housden and yeah. then my mum told me the crazy story about how like they spent all their money they had here on that shop and a poster. So the last year, like fifty pounds, their names left here, and they spent that like, last fifty pound on a poster to advertise. Uh, to advertise, yeah. And they were like, if nobody comes to the shop and literally they were posted like opening, where they said, "Come get your hair done." And if nobody came to that shop, they would lost all their money. So my mum and dad telling me they were praying like, they literally no social media, they didn't, they didn't know who was coming. So I remember they went there on the first day, and it was like a long queue of people there. Like again, like, like waiting for the shop opening, then that's when it all kicked off. And then my dad now, like, he does all right, like, makes decent money. He just bought an 18 plate G Wagon kind of thing. So, like, we, I live in a quite a nice house. Um, so, yeah, like, to literally to hear about someone coming from that, and then not only that, to actually go to where he grew up in and witness it, and then see what he has now, what he's achieved now. It's even my uncles as well. My uncle's story are even crazier. And then to see that, that's probably like my biggest like, motivation. Go, uncle's story. We want to hear well, it. Well, my uncle... Everyone wants to hear it. YouTube <laughs> wants to hear it. Spotify wants yeah, to hear it. Yeah, but also I can't go into too much detail about certain things. No one knows their name. Yeah. No one knows YouTube, their name. YouTube. But, um, well, my uncle, he um, he went to, he went from... His story's crazy. I don't know how much time go we've got. but go <laughs> we got all the time in the world. Well, well um, he was really naughty in school. Like, he was not a good boy in school. Like, um, he used to mess around, what whatnot. I remember telling me the craziest thing that... um. He had these friends in it that were just like, a bad influence on him. As I said, like, watch, be careful with your circle, and he surrounded himself with. But yeah, so he had an exam, and then he had an exam to like go to like literally the big exam like GCSEs or A levels. He had a big exam, and I remember him sitting in the classroom, and then he literally left the room without finishing the exam because he had his friends outside saying, "Come, come with me." So mm. he just literally left the exam paper there and walked out. 
So he was just a naughty boy, he didn't really care about his grades, and even on his exam day, he didn't even finish it, because he just went through this fence. And he said that he got a D, and he didn't even finish it. So imagine what he would have got, yeah, if he actually stayed. But yeah, he left the classroom. And then, um, what, what was he? He went to boarding school originally, but then he kept, like, running away from boarding school. So then, uh, yeah, I know, and then, um... And then one day, yeah, um, he had his friends that don't go board. Like, you see, you got boarding school, you got people that live there, and people that just go there for education. Yeah. So he had these friends here that just went there for education that lived there, probably because they couldn't afford to. And um, one day, um, his friends telling him, telling him, telling him how like, oh yeah, we don't live here. Like, we it's better to walk, it's better to like live off campus or whatever. Then he went to his my granddad, my his dad saying, granddad, I'm not going back to school, that school ever again. Like, I need to leave now. And his granddad, my granddad was literally crying, saying, why do you want to leave? Like, no, I want to leave. And literally, because his friends talked him out of leaving. Then he left now and started walking to school instead. And um, he had money for transport. My, my granddad used to give him, like, £50 a day for transport. But his friends couldn't afford transport. But he didn't know that he couldn't afford transport. He just thought they were walking. So he just spent all the money he used to get, yeah, for transport to spend on cigarettes. And he and his friends would literally be walking to school, smoking, smoking with his friends. Like, just a bad influence. And those were even the same friends that made him walk out of his exam early. But yeah, so he just flunked school. But one thing he was really good at was um, art. He is so talented at art, like it's ridiculous. So what he used to do was he used to like create projects and sell it on to um to sell sell it on like, in Nigeria. I think about Nigeria is that like, here you don't really sell unless you've got a name. But in Nigeria, if it's nice, it's nice. They'll buy it. So like literally, he used to sell his art, make good money, good good money. And then um he said, you know what? Like I've had enough Nigeria now. I want to move. I want to move to Europe. Make he thought like that's like the luxurious land or whatever. So then he literally got stuff, moved to Europe. All the money he saved from um, selling his art in Nigeria, moved to Europe. And then um, he just literally just flunked all his money, like he was out here going to these fancy restaurants in France, um, doing all this smoking cigarettes or whatnot. Then from France, he went to um, Italy because his friend had a house there in Italy. So then for some reason, he went to Italy. And then when he got to the house in Italy, it turns out that the guy that said he's got a house in Italy isn't even his house. He was just living there with someone. Then the guy that said it's a house, he just started a massive fight, start punch each other. And then from there, he was like, he spent, he funked with money, he was broken Italy now. And obviously, he got racing to deal with. And not only that, yeah, like, the one place I was staying, yeah, was filled with 10 other people who was in a, in a similar situation to him in terms of, like, broke, couldn't afford anything, they were all black. And then I remember him telling me the living conditions in that place was absolutely disgusting. Like, it was, it's actually heartbreaking if I tell you what people were going through to make it, like, make a living. So, like, they were all broke, obviously, fronted with money. They were instantly now living in an apartment with 10 people, run by one Italian, which provided accommodation. We had to pay rent, obviously. So the only way they could pay rent, rent was the Italian guy used to come, yeah, with a massive truck, and he used to give them, like, soap or whatever, and he used to, he used to knock on doors and sell the soap. And then using the money that he got from selling, like, soap or, like, pencils or whatever, they would then use to pay for the rent. So, yeah, so um, he'd done that for, like, three months. But I remember telling me the living conditions there were absolutely disgusting. Like, um, there were people that, there was girls that were prostitutes. And the only way they could pay to pay to pay the rent to, to say what they're saying was prostitution. And the most heartbreaking thing about that was those prostitutes had husbands and boyfriends. And they were in on it. So the boyfriends were literally giving their wives away to have sex, be, be, be prostitutes. To make, to make, obviously, to get rent for him and his girl to live there. So he was literally, they were literally like happy with their wives being prostitutes because they needed, they needed the money. Then eventually, one thing my dad was really good at was, um, my, sorry, my uncle was really good at was um, passports, like art. Oh, so he literally from scratch, I'm gonna tell you from scratch, made a passport, like from scratch to get into the UK, from scratch. Like he literally um, designed it, whatever and put in the, the mercury that you need that gets scanned. But obviously the security is not as strict as it is now as it was back then. But like literally put the mercury in and the most crazy thing that he ever told me was 
when you, when you got a passport, you needed a stamp on it to prove that you were somewhere or whatever. But all I know is a stamp that he needed to put on a passport. And obviously, he didn't have the stamp. So what he did, yeah, was he used slippers and he cut slippers. Then he used crayon and coloured in the slippers. He, so he made the design, yeah, for the stamp using the slippers, cut up slippers. Then he coloured the crayon in and then he stamped, he used that to stamp the thing. And like I said, like, that should be in a movie, that like, is crazy. Then he went there now to um, give them their passport. They said, yep, all expired and they let him through. Then he went to London where he met my dad. And then from London, he went to America where he built his wealth. Now he's another millionaire in America. But that's just like a long, that's just the story, like a very, very short kind of, you know what I'm saying? That is insane. But obviously, that's what I'm saying. When you got uncles like this, yeah, it's inspiring. Like, it motivates me to just go harder and do better. Because the way I see it, if they can achieve what they achieved, yeah, from the situation, I should be able to achieve more. You know what I'm saying? They 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 they, they really did come from nothing. Wow, and, and they made something of themselves. But something tells me that sometimes it's that desperation. It's that having absolutely nothing in yeah, your pocket that yeah, actually... Yeah, 100%. I definitely, definitely. Skyrockets you. But maybe then there's a way that we can, we can all do that and... Even even those of us who have grown up privileged, yeah. those of us who have a nice house, who have, you know, parents who care for us, we have a good education and all the rest of it, then there's still a possibility that we can like strip ourselves of yeah, all our luxuries yeah, yeah. so that we can feel what it's like to have nothing. But um, I just feel like you need to focus on the basics. As I said, like there's a person in Africa with an iPhone for whatever. Like just focus on the basics of what you need. Like what are your goals? What do you want to do for your family and for your friends? And then when you just focus on your goals, and that's all that matters. Nothing or not opinions, not the latest stuff. And that's it. Let's build your legacy. Well, other than building the school and growing the brand, what are your goals? Legacy, to be honest. Legacy. Yeah, that's a big one for me. Where I see it is that you can literally go at any moment. And when you do go, the only thing that I mean is when it's what people thought about you, what you left behind, the impact you made. And the way I see it is you only live once. And when I go, yeah, if I know that the only things that people remember about you when you go is your legacy and what you left behind, why wouldn't I want to work every day to buy a tribe or a legacy that people can remember me by? And also, I see philosophy and ethics. And my teacher told me this mad point in terms of like, when you die, all your Facebook friends die, your Twitter followers, your Instagram mm. followers, everyone dies, yeah. Everyone that ever knew you has passed away, or literally like you never existed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless you've got legacy. Because, hmm, it is an interesting point, because you, you kind of, your whole world exists inside of your head. Yeah. All of that just exists as long as you're alive, but once yeah, you're gone, literally anything that you thought, anything that you experienced is also gone. Not with how many you. girls you slept with, or how no, many, none of that. Much you got. Like, we just focus on that like, what really matters, and you know what I'm saying. But well, why is it that the legacy counts so much because you'll be gone by that point? What about what's happening now? What about the people around you now? Yeah, well, obviously, by legacy, it's more about how I made people feel and the impact I made. and. I just want to make people's lives better. Like, there's people out here that are struggling. Even in our society, mentally, they might be going through depression or whatever, and not to mention people in Africa. So I just want to help as many people as I can because that's what brings me joy. And also, like, just, I just remember, like, it's literally how you want to be remembered. Like, you want to be remembered as that guy that was trying to do this road thing or, like, just random example, or try to be cool or be up this many guys or slept this many girls. Or do you remember as a guy that was gave the most back and was a nice amazing person that's decent that's just, human being yeah, cared about other people who did. how you want to remember my kids my, my grandchildren like, I want them to be able to like yeah that was my dad kind of thing definitely have you, you touched on people struggling mentally and things did, yeah did you have or have you had any experiences with that in, well in you, I've always you, been like very mentally strong like definitely like, like I told you like opinions never really got to me like I remember me and my friends just sit down and talk about hate and stuff like that and the way I always saw it was um like when you actually break it down, I feel like people get a lot more positives than they do hate. Because the hate is so strong, it makes you feel like it's 
a lot more but when you actually break it down more time you actually there's actually more more people saying good things about you than bad things about you so that's one thing i learned about hate and that's why hate really never really got to me and more i actually like it like yeah. it, it drives me to be stronger but i feel like the one time i really did go through something was um maybe a few years ago or a few months ago now um where i just had so much on my plate like, as you know i play football um, I own a business, like obviously I've got degrees to get, like I just so much, so much on my mind, I don't really feel like anyone's really talked to you about certain things. And when, one thing when I go right in football, one thing when I go in business, or where to tell, I'll just build up. And one thing about me, I'm just so hard on myself, like there's so much I want out of life. And I think it literally drove me into like depression kind of thing, because when things weren't going right, it was that damn kind of thing. And then I'm very familiar with the feeling of being hard on yourself and you've yeah. got like a, you have so many expectations mm. of yourself. Yeah. And then you get, you feel even more disappointed because you, you knew that at the end of the day you were the one in control you were the one who could have made it happen but you didn't especially we don't we don't get the results as well like it literally like just makes you so upset i remember I was, as a player of my life i was literally sad every day mm. like i was waking up all the day was all i wanted to do sleep like i was just so sad every day until i got to the point where it's like no like this isn't normal that i had to like pull myself out of this how did you pull yourself out of it because i feel i i asked that question even though in my experience i've i've, I've found that you kind of you wait it out for a bit. You let yeah. yourself feel what you need to feel. And then when the time is right, you write some things down, you gather your thoughts, you talk to someone, yeah. and then definitely you, you make a decision. It's it's about the decision to change because mm. you are responsible, despite what some people think, you're responsible for what you feel. Yeah. You're responsible for what you say. You're responsible for what you do. Mm. So all of these things are, are you're just adding to your plate, yeah, exactly. if anything. One thing I learned was um the key is first of all as you said like self awareness like knowing that you're in a bad situation like it took me a few weeks to realize that wow me wanting to sleep twenty four seven or me feeling or me just being upset like now now I'm just so happy like every single day I wake up so happy like but before I was like maybe a few months ago I was just sad constantly sad I was just so sad like I, I was just weird like, I was just so sad and then self awareness is key like knowing that it's not normal to be sad all the time it's not normal to want to sleep all the time and when people understand that and they realize that like, there is something wrong with me. Then yeah, because <clears throat> I thought it's bad. I'm conception about depression as well. Like, I always thought that oh, that what like depression. Like, I want to be stronger. Like as a strong person myself, I thought mm. just be strong. Like to, to just be happy kind of thing. But it's when you go through it and you realize that wow, like it really more time you live and realize you're going through it. Yeah, like, and it can it. happen to anyone. It really can happen anyone, to anyone. Anyone. And though we're saying that it's it's not normal, at the same time it is normal. Like definitely, it happens. It happens to us all. But it's it's not. It's not what you want to be definitely, normal. Definitely. It's not something that you should al- allow to be normalised because you, you want your situation to be a little different than that. Yeah, the, I feel like the change of perception was a big thing for me. Like, one thing I live right now is you should learn to be happy with what you have rather than what you deserve. Mm. And right now, I've got so many things to be grateful. And I feel like what people do yeah, wrong is that they compare other people or they compare other situations to make themselves happier or make themselves worse. Like, they might say, oh, be great, be happy. If I told you right now, yeah, be grateful because people in Africa are starving, would that honestly make you feel better? Not really. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. But what you need to do yet yeah, is be grateful from your situation. Like, I achieved these A levels. I'm happy. I'm at, I'm at this university. I'm happy. Like, look at your situation. Don't literally forget about everything else in life. Look at your situation, yeah, and what you worked hard for, what you have. Then when you have that, just and be it happy really you can you can strip it down. And if you're really struggling, if you come back down to I have four limbs yeah. and a working mind, is that not good enough? Literally, is that not enough to be grateful for? One hundred percent. And even one thing that I find empowering now is that you have the opportunity to get what you want. Like, if I want that car. I it's in my power to get that Range Rover or that Rolls Royce and that's in itself is a blessing to be able to go out there and get what you want. Like people feel like people forget you they have control. 
Yeah. That's the biggest thing. They forget you have control. I have all the control in the world to literally get what I want out of life. If I don't want to be in this university, I don't like it, I'd have to be here. If I don't want to be friends with that person, I'd have to be here. If I don't want to be in that relationship, I'd have to be there. People forget they have control. Do you know what I'm saying? That's just the biggest thing. Like when you realize you got control of your situation in terms of how you feel, what you see, and what you want to achieve, that's when I feel like happiness really comes. There is there is a, a mentality which is quite common out there, which is like, um, I don't have potential. Yeah. I'm limited to, and I used to think like this. I used yeah. to think that whatever I was born with, I can't, I don't know. I guess I've got certain yeah. genetics. Mm. You can teach me about that in <laughs> yeah, a second. Yeah, I've got certain genetics, so that means that I'm limited because I don't have a predisposition to yeah. so I, I quite like maths but I was never really that good at maths and, yeah. it, and for a long time I was like oh I'm upset that I can't really do that I wish that I can see yeah, I see these guys yeah. doing engineering work again, and I'm like yeah. that's, that's, that's I can't do that but mm-hmm. what I've realised is with enough time and energy I can do anything 100% nothing's stopping me definitely literally nothing at all even my genes <laughs> not even your genes <laughs> but even the fact that you enjoy maths so even if you're not getting the talks you want yeah you enjoy it yeah like end of the day, that's the bottom line as long as it makes you happy and you enjoy it that's that's literally it like end of the day yeah, who 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 to say yeah that you have to be get this grade to be good at maths that like, or whatever like it's all this social boundaries that they put on us like just free yourself and make you thought just realize that that you put your own boundaries on yourself and realize that as long as you enjoy it no matter what stage you are if you're getting d's if you enjoyed it getting that d if you enjoy maths so you got a d then be happy kind of thing and that's so as hard as situation. you could yeah. Definitely. That's the biggest cause like literally by fact, like the biggest cause of depression is comparing yourself to other people. So which I can't emphasize enough, yeah. Look at your own situation and try what happens in your own situation. Like me personally, I'm playing football, I've got two legs, I got I'm running my dream, I'm running a business that I'm thoroughly enjoying. Like, no matter if, if I have a bad day, I've I have to be happy because there's so much that that I'm doing that's making me happy kind of thing. Is there is there anything that you do in in a day to kind of remind yourself <clears throat> that you should be happy? Like do you at the end of the night, do you do anything? <clears throat> do you write stuff down? Do you say a prayer? Like, what? How do you do it? I'm not even like I just feel like just because my perspective's changed into how I view life. That's just like permanent now. And one thing I do, yeah, it's a worldview. Yeah, and that's and that's helped with the fact, fact that I control my social media. Like people, people say social media is toxic. And I spoke about this on LinkedIn the other day. If you want to follow me, like Austin Nicolo on LinkedIn. Yeah. But yeah, so I spoke about this on LinkedIn in the post that you have control of your social media. And I realise, yeah, there's a lot of things on social media that I see, yeah. That self, you might not consciously realize yet, but subconsciously has an effect on you. Like if I'm constantly hearing about, oh yeah, you need this to be cool, or need to buy the, have this gums, or have this airpods to be cool. I might not think that, yeah, but subconsciously I might be thinking that kind of thing. So I just condition my social media to only be things yeah, that one either motivate me or make me happy. Like if you look at my Twitter, like I literally only follow football pages. Because yeah. I came off Twitter because Twitter I realised is very toxic and one thing about Twitter is you can't always control what you see. Like, I might follow you but I see what you like and what you yeah. retweet so I don't have control over what I see. But I literally like said, you know what, I'm off Twitter. But then I, one thing I did miss on Twitter was football and the football events or, or, or whatnot. So I made sure I've got Twitter back and just follow football pages and that's one way I control what I see. Instagram is literally full of the people I've met that are, that inspire me, either inspire me and I talk to them on a regular basis that I'm a good friends here or I can learn from. So every time I step on Instagram now, yeah, is that she? I'm literally either learning or being inspired, yeah. or see my friends. You know what I'm saying? So that's a big part of it. I think that's a massive part of it because now I'm only seeing positive stuff now. And when you only see positive stuff, even the music I listen to, I like got a playlist just like me more listen to like real positive energy kind of thing. And subconsciously, that's made me happier because I'm literally only seeing positive, positive, not negative that you see on Twitter, toxic people kind of thing. I'm only seeing positive stuff, and that's really what's definitely helped me be a lot happier and realize what's actually important in life. And what, what what have you found to be important? Um, well, as I said, legacy, legacy. generational wealth, like 
look after your family, look after your loved ones. Well, that's, well I feel like it's more down to you and what you think. Like, if you generally feel like you need it that It can car, be different for everyone, it doesn't, it doesn't. Definitely, yeah. but with me, that's, that's what it is. But there, there are obviously things that are across the spectrum going to distract you. I mean, yeah, 100%, that aren't, you can't help it. But yeah. You can minimize it, as I said, like, by the condition of my social media to only see things that inspire me or motivate me or yeah. make me happy, then, yeah. yeah. Definitely. So, genetics student, how yeah. did you? How did that end up happening? Oh, well, I just always had love for science, innit? Yeah. Like, I just always love science. I find it so interesting. I feel like everything is science. Like, even this podcast, the way my, my, my voice is being recorded by this, it's all science. Yeah. So, that's just something I've always had a passion for. Obviously, like, if I'm being real, African parents. Yeah. So, they always like, and stuff. But think of my parents, they're not like that. Like, they wouldn't make me do and do something I don't want to do. But, like, naturally, like, I've always just, like, been good. One, I'm good at science, and two, enjoyed it. Like, even now, Genetics, I just love the course. Like, if you've got my Snapchat, I'm waking up in, like, fun facts. Like, I just drop these random fun facts that I learned from, like, my lectures, and I just love it. And um, what have you learned? So, genetics is, is like, a really specific field yeah, in yeah. biology. Yeah. So, the question I guess I have for you is, are our genetics, what do they determine about us? How much do they determine? Like, what is the extent of it? How everything, much I think everything. I feel like even... I, obviously, I haven't got to that point in class yet, but I feel like, because we're literally made up of DNA, like, we've got... So, billions of cells now, like we're literally made up of cells and each of those cells has DNA and it, from our brain source to our eye source so there's only common sense to you that the way we think emotions that we have or other stuff like even being able to being able to sing like it only makes sense as food genetics because that's literally what makes up what makes us up but even things like obviously like your colour of your hair like face your hair height like these this literally all in your genes kind of thing and some people even say like your dreams and that can be your genes as well your dreams yeah I don't is know that, that scientific one. or is that no, is that pseudoscience not scientific but i feel like everyone's got their own things that they that interest them yeah and because of literally our brains literally made up of dna like it's only makes sense here that it has to come from somewhere but obviously there's a lot of research still needs to be done that's one thing like we're entering now we've had the industrial revolution what going to now is the genetic revolution and there's so much like research on genetics now yeah that could potentially like are you reading the article the other day how um they found these new like white blood cells that could um, cure cancer kind of thing so like, we're literally going to a very very interesting age of genetics right now yeah. which I'm very excited about Are you? D- does the future scare you or excite you or oh, how does it, how does it make you question. feel? Um, I don't know you know like, I feel like it excites me because I haven't got anything out of life that I want so it yeah. excites me in that sense but obviously like the fear of the unknown is always a bit scary but I'm more, I feel like I'm more excited than scared like I wake up every day excited like for the day ahead ready to take on yeah, the challenges definitely. ready to tackle whatever's coming your way achieve what I want to achieve <laughs> so the brand is this yeah. the is this the start point is this the end point are you going to have another brand what are you going to do with it where, oh, where do you take where do you take clothing how 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 do you want it to be a vehicle for you where do you want it to drive well, you to well I've always been an advocate of doing what you love in it so obviously like I love when I stand out so I'm going to do it as long as that. I'm going to do it for as long as that makes me happy but it doesn't mean that's what to say that I want to do other things as well as you know I've got a degree in genetics so I want to um Hopefully one day I own my own genetic counselling company, possibly a research company, leave a real impact on the, on the world. And also I play football as well. That's one something that something I enjoy. So it's more a thing where like I just do what I enjoy. And right now I enjoy BGSO born to send out. So um so yeah, like I haven't really got um obviously I, I wanna open a store one day, that's not my dream in it, but that's not the end point. Like I've got big aspirations, but obviously right now I'm just loving born to send out. Mm. Mm. And to start. Yeah. And I've learned a lot from it definitely. What kind of things have you learned? Because like, I'm sure you would have encountered a lot of oh, stubborn problems. So that many, man, yeah, like every day. But that you a, could never have expected. If I'm being well. honest, when I came to Buenos Aires, yeah, I literally thought it'd be so easy. Like yeah. I said, I, I, on my first ever batch, it was 15 t-shirts, yeah, which I sold out in two weeks. I was like, 15 t-shirts, selling for 
15 pound each yeah like 300 pounds i think oh that's a nice in it though. Yeah. <laughs> but um 300 pound profit like yes easy i'll keep doing that but when i actually open a business now and my, my mindset on business now to what it was back then is literally so different like there's so many different aspects of business yeah so many things you should know from the financials to the marketing to the, the mindset like and where have you visited back then to have you now has changed that's literally from me running the business and seeing meeting people that are big in the business world like i've met some amazing people like i don't know if you know the guy um you know wolf and wolf and stuff it was on the steve harvey show it was like 16 selling he just sells sweets yeah yeah yeah, yeah i yeah, met yeah. him and he's like he was he's like 17 now like i met some amazing like people like christian lev um, I just met some amazing people that really opened my mind into the business world and I love it. Like, But yeah, like definitely, I've learned a lot from it in terms of the business world. What kind of things would anyone who's considering venturing into the business world need to know to oh, start it's with? There's a, a lot of things. But give, us, thought, give us three points. For the main point, three points, the main point is um, do it for the right reasons. Like, don't just do it because you think it's cool. Like, if if you were, as a guy always says, if you weren't selling, as I was, you're yeah, selling things as a kid, um, telling things to the kids in the playground or playing um, business as, as a little kid, then you doing business now, yeah, he was he would argue that it's because you want to impress people or whatever. So like, I feel like if you generally want to do business, yeah, make sure it's because you generally, um, generally enjoy it and generally want to go into it. Because in the day, the average business doesn't make money for a good three years and the mm. average business fails on the first year. Yeah, so, I think 90%, 90% of small business. So like, if you know you're going to make money for you, possibly three, four, five, ten years, you need to actually love it. And if you're going into it for the money, just do not I promise you do not bother don't bother because then because it'd be days here where you won't make money but you have to keep going so if your goals are only for the money then don't bother that's like the bigger lesson like be repaired yeah be repaired to work overtime be repaired yeah to work long nights and not make money be repaired to make money then invest it all back into your business but mm. at the end of the day if you love it I should be second nature kind of thing and if you do love it you'll work harder that you, by common sense you you, you do better at what harder things that you love like you like maths I'm pretty sure you put a lot more effort into maths than you did in RE for example well I mean no I I, I stopped maths after GCSEs unfortunately because yeah. I, I kind of went in a, in a different direction arts mm, and humanities mm. that kind of thing but what I like doing is what I'm doing right now yeah, and that's, that's what as you're speaking I'm thinking back to like, I'm picturing myself as a little yeah. kid some short boy with curly hair and green eyes and he's talking yeah. to everyone trying to have a conversation mm. and now I'm doing it in the studio mm. but yeah that's the, the first thing though mentally but I feel like another thing is research like you, I cannot emphasize enough how important research is like why would anyone buy your product one mm. thing I'm asking myself yeah even at level where I didn't know much about business was <clears throat> why would anyone else in my friendship group want to buy my clothing and I did research into the fact that would my clothing really sell out of my friendship group that was something that I wanted to touch on from the beginning thank you yeah. for bringing it <clears> up <throat> again so it's the the market and you know like there's so many things out there yeah. what, how am i going to stand out apart from the fact that i was born to but <laughs> <laughs> how am i going to stand out how did you how did you figure that one out what, well also i noticed there's a lack of like empowering kind of messages like in terms of them like brands nowadays not lack of like positive messages so i definitely wanted to do that but it was more a fact that it's how you market and obviously like, it's clothing the day like that's a look nice you can my the business plan layout is different to track soccer does this but if no one likes it then yeah matter. so there's more thing that like with clothing if if people like it and you've got like a and you're getting the right kind of attention to it then it'll, it'll do fine and with me yeah I, one thing that i did when i signed up was pop-up stores so i literally used to go to tournaments now i had my clothing out on the table and there were people that don't even know me they'll come up to me saying oh yeah can i buy a t-shirt 
and these people like, I've never seen before in my life. So that showed me that, wow, like, this can really go far because people didn't really like it. Even the feedback I got from people that know, like, I'll be walking, there was a time I'll be walking the street, yeah, with my t-shirt. I'm like, oh, bro, where'd you get that shirt from? Kind of thing. As I said, like, wow, yeah, like, it can go far. But obviously, research is massive. Like, yeah. do not go into business without doing your research. Research is humongous. I can't emphasize that enough. So, yeah, especially nowadays, I feel like when I went to business, yeah, there was less competition. Like, social media was big, but not as big as it is now. Mm. And when I started running a clothing brand, there wasn't much competition. So the things that I did... Businesses weren't operating on, on social media as yeah, much. Like now every... 100%. Tom, Dick and Harry is on. Yeah, yeah. I actually even saw a post yesterday. It was about one guy called Steven saying that, you see when you go to Africa or like New York or whatever, or London, and there's people trying to sell you stuff. And literally like, you can't focus. Literally all angles trying to sell you stuff. That's literally what Instagram's like today. You go on social media, there's ads everywhere. There's people trying to sell you stuff constantly. So like... But this mental resilience is really, really important yeah, in, in, in instances like that because you're going to look at a hundred different things and they're going to show you the discounts yeah, and they're going to show exactly. you how much money you'd be saving and all that. But you, I think the question that you kind of... I was always taught to ask this question is, do I need it? Yeah, 100%. No, I don't need it. Yeah. Can I afford it? Depends how you define afford. I was taught to define afford as... To define afford as, can I buy it three times yeah. and still be... Comfortable. Acorn said seven times. Something like that. Seven times. No, I think Acorn said times it by seven or times it by ten. Times it by seven said, or yeah. times it by ten. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be able to buy anything <laughs> right now. I, I might be able to buy a Kit Kat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully that will change. Yeah, it will. Um. So the research yeah. and t- talk to me about like a stubborn problem that you had and how you worked your way through it. Did you go head on? Did you get? advice from somebody who's done it as well because i think i think mentorship is something that's lacking because yeah definitely you can um why would you not ask somebody who's done the thing that you want to do yeah definitely definitely i feel like with me yeah i wasn't good at selling in it so selling wasn't really my issue like i stopped um, i dropped like on in april and june i sold out both times about within two weeks the selling was always a good thing even i even got like user money i got yeah i bought like a big stock i bought like 100 t-shirts and within that 100 t-shirts yeah i sold out of like a few months later and then it was good, but one thing about me, I, was, I could sell, yeah, but I didn't, my pricing was all off and my financials was awful. Like, the way I manage my money, the money will come in now, yeah. But that's probably the biggest part of business as well, yeah, is how you manage your financials. Mm. And I have all this money now, yeah, but I literally just spent it on the wrong things. Not, I'm not, don't get me wrong, yeah, I won't spend it on shoes or like that, yeah. I spent it back in the business, yeah, but I wasn't smart how I put it back in the business because in there I was, what, 17 years old, yeah, with all this yeah. money kind of thing, putting it, putting it into the wrong places. Then I kind of like waste a lot of money that I shouldn't have wasted, which is probably my biggest problem, which I still battle with now. Like, be smart with the finances and how I use like, the finances that come in. That's one of the biggest problem. But yeah. Okay. And how did you tackle it? Like, literally just Google, like, literally Google. researching. But obviously, Google, like I said, Google, like, I seem to touch on the, the competition. One thing about the competition is that um, they did workshops. Well, we'll get into it anyway, though, as like you said, but they did workshops every week, innit? Let, let's, let's go now. Whoa, it's a long story kind of thing. Go on, go on. Um, We're not in any rush. Yeah, so I I I joined um Sussex University, which is where I go, and I'm there during um the summer. I was part of the ACS group chat. You said that oh, if any of you guys got a business idea, it's a competition that they do. ACS being Afro Caribbean Caribbean site. Yeah. yeah, it's a business that they do. Um, competition they do called um Startup Sussex, and I was like, I literally had no idea that I would ever get that far in the business. So mm. I literally just applied to it. I don't know why. I just thought, yeah, let me just apply, whatever. Because one thing we liked about it is that you have workshops, but leading up to the final. So that even if you don't win, you you gain a lot of knowledge from it. Just just before you go, something that I really like that you did is you, you didn't have any idea of how far it could take you or where you would go with it, yeah. but you went for the opportunity anymore. Because I find myself doing that. Maybe I'll get in, maybe I won't. I've Definitely. lost nothing other than 10 minutes at the exactly. end of the day. And even then, I've learned. 
Yeah, I'm a massive like, advocate for that. Like, one thing that I'm, I met this one amazing girl called She Builds Brands, and she's got like 20 years' experience. And I thought I met some amazing people through business. And one thing she always says here is just like, even if you're scared, you just say yes. Just say yes. And then, yeah, like, take all opportunities because in a day, an L is an L, it's a lesson. You know what I mean? So, like, just take all the opportunities you can and soak as much knowledge as possible. That's one thing I've always been like, I've never really been a bit shy to like take opportunities kind of thing. Yeah. So, I just grabbed it. Then, um, so cool. So, I'm but I was. The event, yeah, for the first time, the competition ever had too many people apply. Usually, everyone applies gets into the workshops kind of thing, but this time they actually had to do an application to actually get into the actual thing. So I did that. Luckily, literally, we had like three sentences you have to write um to, about your business or whatever. And I did that, so I got in now. So sixty people, and as a final at the end of the year in December, where out of six people, yeah, only six mm. get into the final. That's ten percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Doing maths. See what I mean? Like, that's just for you, but yeah. Um, so. I'll go to the workshops every single week after lectures I'll go to the workshops like, I'll have a lecture at 5 workshop at 6 I'll quickly run over go there take my notes like take as many notes as possible because the workshops were amazing like, they literally had big people in there amazing people and have you heard of a band called Trim It? Trim It? yeah he basically this guy that won a few years ago he's amazing and, um, what does he do? He his idea is amazing so cool so barbershop yeah imagine that in a van yeah, portable barbershop. Yeah, yeah so I literally, have you it, yeah. put a barbershop yeah, in a van. So you literally book your phone yeah, for an appointment for a trim, mm. and then you book it, he'll come, he'll drive it to your house, over, yeah. he'll put you in his van and give you a haircut in the van. And then you go into your house, get your shower, and you're done. Yeah, yeah. no, literally, no, literally, no, you do it all in his van. So you literally yeah. get a haircut, a shower, everything. Not the shower, maybe. Not the shower. You wash your not, hair, though, you wash not. your hair in the van kind of thing. So yeah. that's what that's his idea. And he won a few years ago, which was okay. Yeah. And now he's got like 10k for his Instagram. He cuts like Dino's hair, Charlie Sloth's hair, like he's big. Look, look from Instagram. Yeah. But yeah, so I'll go to workshops and that. Um, they're bringing in past winners and big names. I'm learning so much from it. But I generally didn't feel like I could win because in a day, it was a clothing brand. And at the time, yeah, it was just a logo and a t-shirt kind of yeah. thing. So there was all these other people, these amazing ideas that, like, oh yeah, I want to build a portable church or whatever, like exaggeration. Ch- but yeah, like if you had these crazy ideas, there was like yeah. one guy, one girl was like, um, she wanted, her idea was sick, like she wanted to put like ingredients into like a shopping trolley. And you see how you have the scan trolley? But with her idea, yeah, it weighs the ingredients. I mean, it, it, it weighs the shopping, yeah, and gives you a price based on the weights that's in the kind mm. of bag. And that was her idea, but she didn't even get through with that amazing idea. But yeah, I went now, and then um, the final, we had to do a pitch to like, one, the person that owns, in my unit is a massive innovation center, um, Sussex Innovation Center, which is massive, which is like worth a million, worth loads of money. And then um, the owner was there as one of the judges, and these two other people had like, big in business, business world were there. So yeah, so um, after 10 weeks now, we had to do a pitch, everyone, all 60 people had to do a pitch here. And because of 60 people, you had two minutes to do the pitch. Mm. Two minutes, you had to literally explain your whole business idea, yeah, we have two slides in two minutes. So it was one of them ones, yeah. If you kind of choke on your words now, you've you've lost because because yeah. that you've got two minutes, so like you can't afford to like stumble on your words or whatever. So I'm, I just literally prepared for it. Um, I did so much research. Where I said this is key. I literally researched like you see how my band's got meaning. And one thing I did really well, yeah, is I researched like the suicide rates. Mm-hmm. I went that deep. Depression rates said that people nowadays are suffering from like mental health, or whatever. And positive messages are needed, kind of thing, which is one thing I emphasize in there. Another thing I did was at a time I was selling as well, which really benefited me. So that's another thing why you should start because, like, the more stuff you do, that like, the more stuff you can put in like a portfolio or like yeah, a business plan. You could always say, I haven't, I haven't gone too far, but I've done, yeah, I've done, done something. I've, I've, done I've taken action. 100%. And it shows like experience is a massive thing. It shows like it can actually go far. So um, I was selling, I, was, I sold a few products at a time. <clears throat> no, this was not selling like at a big batch of things I was selling. So I did, I sold this many already. Um, like um, what else was I saying? I also had the research of like the mental health and stuff like that, 
and oh, I had an idea what I literally forgot. But yeah, like I oh, literally like in that picture, I just smashed it. I did all the research. Oh yeah, I did a survey. So oh, my customers, yeah. yeah, I had customers on Instagram that I knew bought my clothing because I saw and obviously like what Shopify told you their name. So like I started finding Instagram panels and I sent them my survey and also the people that on my social media that I know that my friends that bought a clothing, I sent them a survey and I asked them the question like, do you feel empowered wearing the clothing? Would you buy it again? And we had to tear. And then they came back with like thirty one. Um, I think it was like 30 out of 31 said they were empowered by it. There was one guy that didn't, but it is what it is. Yeah. But yeah, lost um, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so like I put that saying that oh, 99.999% of people um, um felt empowered in my clothing and like 80% said they would buy it again or whatever. So that's all I did. So literally I came with so much research, so much facts. I feel like that's what really sold it for me. So, they, so yeah, so out of six people, Amber, I was, I was on the bus home from school, I got email. And they were like, oh, the winners are announced. And there was like a list, literally just a list of like six people. Wait, wait, there were six people, yeah, and there was four people for like a charity kind of business thing. The one was a list now, yeah, I looked at the list. I just saw what's in the corner of one to stand up. Mm. The emotion I had, yeah, I've never been so happy in my life. I literally, I literally thought I wouldn't do it because there's all these big businesses there. I was like, damn, I'm in the final, like, no way, like, my clothing, I was so happy, like, because this was the first time I actually made, like, a big, like, step and, like, a big, like, achievement kind of thing in terms of my clothing rather than, rather than selling. So I was so happy, I was like, yes, like, I made it. And I looked at the people I was up against. The other people I went through, yeah, because South Sussex, yeah, literally anybody went to Sussex, so you could be a graduate, master's, PhD. I was literally the only. I was in the foundation year. Imagine. Mm. So I was in the foundation. I was even in the university year. I was in the first year. I was a foundation year student. So I was a foundation year student year. Up against one girl called <coughs> Lana who graduated a few years ago. She's like thirty something. I had another person that graduated years ago, like probably like twenty something years ago, like old, like for like forty, fifty in a competition against me. I had another person probably in this third year. Another person that was doing the masters. So literally me, a foundation student year, up against like PhD graduates and I was like wow like this is crazy I was eight at the time I was 18 yeah I was 18 at the time in it so this is last year I was 18 so yeah so then what's the final now still playing football aside I'm full of my uni and um I was um and also doing a business in my degree but every single Wednesday I remember at 5 3 15 there will be a workshop for two hours consistent with just the six people that were in the final and then, so they were there to help you with like your financials and all that kind of, which I gained massively from. We also got business mentor. I saw, also got business mentor. Mm. So this, this what I mean, take opportunities because even if I didn't win a prize, you still um, would have got something that you wouldn't have. Definitely like a business mentor, and I had a business mentor there, and obviously that like, workshops we can be cut. The final came, and imagine the finals on my birthday. Oh, so the yeah. winner was announced yet on my birthday, on the nineteenth. And so you I'm, took, yeah, go. So I'm, um, obviously like I what you have to do is a business plan which is the longest of my life, I was up, like, like my eyes were hurting because I had to write a business plan by a deadline or you're out of condition. Mm. So I did that and the deadline and I had to do a 10 minute pitch to like big people in um the business world. Like there was massive, like, you know Dragon's Den? Yeah. I basically did, did that year, but 10 minutes, I had my slideshows, whatever. And I just smashed it. I went in there, just spoke about everything we just saw. And then like, I could tell like they were like kind of liking it kind of thing. So I remember like, so the, the day came now, and then um, they just, I remember my, my mentor came up to me saying that, oh, by the way, like I spoke to a few of the judges, they said that they, they did a special mention for you, because apparently I just went in and did really well. And then one thing about condition year was there was six people, but there was like a few prizes. So it was like first place prize, second place prize, third place prize, and then I'll get onto the last prize in a minute. 
So um so yes, yeah, so I went now then. It was my on my birthday, nineteenth birthday, which is a bit. So I, I was with my friends. So we went out to eat, whatever. I went maybe a bit of drinking like before. Yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit of drinking. Yeah. yeah, just a little bit. And then um, a couple of beers, <laughs> a couple yeah. of cans in it. Yeah, a couple of cans. Yeah, but yeah. So um, I came now, and then one thing was good. My my parents came down from London as well. So I was like uni. So my parents came down from London, and my little brother came to watch. Just an amazing day, like. There's many like hundreds of people there ready to see the award because like a big award in like the uni or not, not even uni the Sussex area. So there's people there from all over like the business world coming to see who won, see who was like the big entrepreneurial talent, rising yeah. entrepreneurial talent kind of thing. I met great people. I said I even done an interview, yeah, because my and everyone's interviews got shown on like the day of the final. So like I came now, there's like a um, TV now, and my interview with like, some random guy, and I was to talk about my business, and I literally broadcasted that interview like to the whole person or whole whatever. Then the time for the awards now, and then um, what they did, yeah, the guy that announced it, yeah, said like um, we had we've had to announce a new award just for this year because there's one amazing person mm. that we literally had to get him, give him the award, and it was called the one to watch your eyes. So literally, this is what they said, like um, we've had to because after talk with um the team, there's one amazing individual that we'd have to give him the award to, and um and he's got like this entrepreneurial talent like uh, we could ignore. Then they said, um, so this award, this one to watch award goes to Austin Akola and everyone started clapping. I went up, got my award. What was the present? What was the prize? Well, I got £1,000 cash. Cash in hand? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, and then... And what did that go to? Straight back into the business? Yeah, of course. Nothing oh, else. Man. But I had to anyway, though, because you literally had a spreadsheet of what, like, you had yeah. to tell them what's it going towards anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah, I so I couldn't buy yeah. some drip, I couldn't buy AirPods. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, could have bought several pairs of AirPods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so literally, like, so I won that award. And that there, well, obviously the money was good. And also, like, the boost, the fact that there was people that have actually been in the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial world and they like what I have and like what I've got. So that gave me a massive like boost and then just maybe like gave me a lot of confidence going forward with the business and I was literally probably one of the best days of my life, like winning on my winning the award on my birthday, mm. the people I met. And just being like I was nineteen at the time, ninety like my eighteenth my nineteenth birthday, people were like I was probably the youngest there, yeah, by a good ten years, like it was crazy. Man. So yeah. Well, age has never stopped anyone. No, never, never. Never ever. If anything is better to do things young because you've got yeah. less like risk kind of thing. More res- less responsibilities. You got less stress. I hope you don't understand. Rest- yeah. What about uh? What about people who weren't born to stand out? Or was everyone born to stand out? Everyone's born to stand out. Everyone's born to stand out. Yeah. Are you sure? No two people are the same. No two people are the same. That's everyone, definitely true. Everyone's got their like. born to stand out yet? I don't think you have to be like a certain person. Like, if you just do your truth yet and do what you do best and be true to yourself, you all stand out because everyone's different. Everyone's got uniqueness about them, and that's just facts. And everyone's like, unique everyone everyone and what's interesting on along 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 this line on, on the same vein is that everybody thinks differently and everyone has yeah. a different idea about the world and 100%. but what we what we're doing or what was really like touching is when people come together and they build communities and then yeah. they move forward and they Definitely. support each other even though you and i might not agree on everything even mm. though we might have differences in opinion that's the beauty of it like and one thing i advocate for is your difference your strength like if you're, if you're your difference yeah, is your strength. You're and you're only mm. look at Ratman. Mm. Look at Ratman. Like, I still have to say like you got artists here that are, don't be wrong doing draw or gram whatever, but he stuck to his difference here, which was storytelling. He stuck with it, and now look, Sam of Rock Nation got a movie. So you and he, when you stick to your difference here, what makes you different? Then you'll always win because in the day you don't want something like you don't want what's already been there. You want something different, kind of thing. And hence why Ratman preferred because he realized the difference was the strength. And he say it once more that. for us. Your difference is your strength. I heard it. I heard it loud and clear. I hope, they, I hope they heard it too. Yeah, I hope they did. Embrace it, man. Embrace it. Like, even my friend, yeah, I was talking to my friend the other day. He was like, oh, 
the way I speak, it might be different, yeah. But that's good because that way, when I talk, you can you know who's talking. You know who's talking. You know yeah. Like you got all these people with distinct voices now, yeah. And that's good because when I, I can't keep a person, maybe Steve Harvey, when he talks here, you know it's Steve Harvey. Yeah. So maybe when you sound like no one else, yeah, that's a blessing in disguise because now they know. Yeah. He's talking kind of thing. I, I was actually given this a lot of thought, like, because I was thinking about what, what kind of questions I'm going to ask you during the interview mm. and things like that. And I was like, when I was younger, I felt like I was always different, but I didn't know quite whether I wanted to feel different yeah. or whether I wanted to fit in. And I feel like on some levels I wanted to fit in, but I was always finding myself yeah. as an outlier. And only when I grew up, I appreciated that. 100%. The fact that I'm different, the fact that I don't just mesh into this cauldron, this pot where, where everyone else is in. Is is the only thing that I really have going for me. Otherwise, I'm I'm definitely I'm the same as the next guy. And honestly, that's the thing. I feel like society kind of tries to draw you into being a certain type of way, think a certain type of way. Like people, like, oh, like, I go into it. Really, it really does. It, it yeah. concerns me when I see that people are are being encouraged to to have the same thinking, to have the same dress, opinions dress, about dress everything, dress way, the same pose way. Pose on Snapchat. Like, if you, the amount of people that post the same things on Snapchat is crazy. People aren't posting what they want to post on Snapchat or posting what they want to say or saying what they want to say because they're too scared of opinions from people yet. Yeah, I don't even care about them. And your individuality is, is really being drawn out of definitely, you in definitely. that instance. And then you're being injected with this kind of like dull and dry... Definitely. And when you make friends here, wouldn't you want your friends to be people that love you for who you are? Yeah. So, or your girlfriend, or if you want a relationship, wouldn't you want that girlfriend or boyfriend to love you for who you are? So surely, why would you want to show the world who you are? So when you get connected with someone, yeah, like, it's literally, they love you for you kind of thing. And that's what people are failing to understand right now. Your difference is your strength. Stay authentic. Yeah. Do your own thing. Definitely. And everyone's, everyone's got differences. Everyone's, everyone can be authentic. So that's what one that's about. It's not about are elite elite category it's about that reminding you that you were born to send out you have the opportunity to build a legacy and when you die all you've got left is your legacy so make sure you just build it leave something behind for everyone to remember you by 100. austin okolo thank you for coming thank you